there, stars and straps. It's... What are you doing? This is a patriotic holiday. And making sad kitty noises. Trash Out Street. I'm Luke. I'm Jamie Z. Yeah. It's sort of Memorial Day. Yeah, it's Memorial Day weekend. Yeah. Did you uh, have a cookout? I did. I, I uh, had... Um, kitten legs? Not well, the bellies. Ooh. I just like get the kittens. And their ears and their nose. No, I just get like the, the kittens. Chewy and, part. No, it's what I do. So you get like kittens. Like you're talking like six to eight weeks is prime. Mm-hmm. They're four. There's not enough meat on them. Okay. Four to five, not enough. And five, they're still not clean themselves good. So six to eight is what you want. Because you want their buttholes nice and clean. Well, I just like the idea. It's like shrimp. Okay. So you grab them by the scruff of their neck. Yeah. And you take a big old bite out of the belly. <laughs> And then you throw the kitty away. Well, that's the best part, the pelly. Yeah, and then, you know, they might, like, start dying and shit. That's uh. why you throw them out your window. And oh, is that the... why I saw those dead kittens in the Yeah, yeah, I tried to make it a pot. Yeah. Oh, well, that's cool. That's true. It's like our forefathers did. Mm, on St. Memorial King like, Day. Like Abraham Lincoln on the first Memorial Day ah. said to Mary Todd, What's with all the fucking kittens around here? That's what he did say. Jesus Christ, woman. Civil War. And then he ate them. Because she was crazy. Yes. So did you have a cookout for Memorial Day? Um, We grilled today, but it wasn't a cookout. Oh. We didn't really do it. Were you outside when you grilled? I was not Mark Grills. I Well, was he outside? He was. Then it's a cookout. Oh. Because he cooked out. And... The groundhog, the dumbass groundhog that was under my shed, Mm -hmm. had babies. Yeah. And every time I see him, I'm like, dumb fucking groundhog. Why? Because she, cause she, well, that one probably is dead. Oh, you fucking One of them used women. to um, chew on my door frame. Oh. My front door frame. Mm-hmm. But anyway, I went out and was like, fuck you, groundhog, because I just like to yell at the yeah. groundhog. And then I saw its beautiful babies, and I was like, oh, look, come here, yeah. little groundhog. And then I saw baby bunny. Oh. And I told Victor we were going to have bunnies too. I really oh, did. Oh, so what did he do? He was like, no. I was oh. like, oh, but they're so delicious. Bunny heads are yummy. Oh, you see. It was funny. Yeah. But we really didn't do too much. Mm. Kind of just slept in. I went to my parents and uh, tomorrow I'm going to Wegmans. That's about it. Wow. Enroll. You doing anything tomorrow or today is Sunday. It's Memorial Day Sunday. Yeah. Touching back on groundhogs. Yes. I've always wanted to have sex with one, so I might be doing that tomorrow. So I'll find you in my shed? Nah, it's like, I'm a baby. I'm not a pedophile or nothing. <laughs> Gotta be an adult groundhog. Well, no, there's a mom. Yeah, it's mine. I don't want the kids to see. It's gross. Well, then they should watch. <laughs> They'll learn. <laughs> learn not to bite I... on my fucking door. <laughs> like, <"Rarrr!" laughs> No. Uh, nothing. I'm boring. Yeah, it's been kind of a blah weekend other than Friday. Yes, we saw. Billy Joel. BJ, Billy Joel, the the piano man. Himself. Himself. I thoroughly enjoyed it. I did too. This was uh, Friday. 24th or something. At the... Uh, at Citizens Bank Park. Citizen, which... We were sitting in the 300 level. I almost went to the 200 level, which would have been 50 bucks more, and I don't think it would have made a difference. Mm-hmm. I thought its seats were fine. I thought the scoreboard would be on as a video, like the, the video feed, yeah, and so, it was totally black, which was I wasn't expecting that. Yeah. The thing that surprised me the most, fans who are into Billy Joel, are really into Billy Joel, are really <laughs> into Billy Joel. 
And maybe it's just like a stadium show, which I've never really been to before. Excuse me. But, you know, people have their homemade Billy signs and... Yep. Like, you know, you'd see someone, they show someone on the... Billy Rock the, and Joel, maybe. The Billy Vision or whatever, and they'd start, like, sobbing. And I know. I was like, whoa. I thought, I really liked it. As I have said before on prior podcasts, Billy Joel was my first crush on a boy or a man at the time. Yeah. Because he's 70. Yeah. Um, so I was very excited, and I, I, I thought it was a lot of fun. It was the first concert, I would say, where no one around me annoyed me. Everyone was yeah. just, like, pretty chill, other than that bitch asking for my ID. That was the only time oh, I got oh, annoyed. Of course. It's funny, for someone who talks so much about no longer being about hate, it comes out a lot. I'm actually usually um, happy when that person asks me for ID, because I feel like I'm younger. Just the way that lady asked, I thought she was being such a bitch. She was like, identification, please. And maybe that's the way I just heard him up. But she was being a bitch. So this woman, this this elderly woman, possibly a veteran. She, know, our she could have been. No, she was she like. She was being a bitch. She was trying to get someone's phone number or something. So, or... so sort of the problem was like this woman was having a conversation with like two of her old friends or something trying to get phone numbers when she should have been selling us beer and pretzels. And pretzels. We also were, we're trying to find out what was there. We're trying to get the lay of the land, see what was what. Yeah. So we're like, no, we're not ready yet. We're standing back, you know. She was like, next. Are you ready? I don't even, she didn't say you're ready, but she seemed very bitchy that we were not ordering yeah. at her convenient time. Yeah, she was kind of hostile. <laughs> to, well, to the point where Jamie was drinking uh, Miller Lite. Yes. And I got up right before the show began. I was like, I got to go pee pees. I got to go make a sissy. And she's like, well, you get me a beer while you're gone. Get me another Miller Lite. That was the only place that seemed to be selling Miller Lite, and I was afraid to buy one. Fortunately, a beer guy came by and I bought one from him. Yeah, it was the, f- the first show in a long time that I drank beer at, to be yeah. honest. So, um, that was a little hitch. The sound was a little hinky for the first two first, songs. first, yeah. And then Jason Bonham came out, and they played some Led Zeppelin. So, yeah, that, that was, was sort really of the, cool. The coolest thought... part of the show was, yeah, they... Um, this is, we're going to do something new we've never done before. And he calls up Jason Bonham. And they play... Whole Lot of Love, right? Whole Lot of Love. And it was amazing. The, um, Dude I guess sounded just like the whatever like, guitarist. I guess the guitarist, like the lead guitarist, when yeah. he's not playing. Yeah, it was really doing his fucking, like a... Really good. Robert playing, like, insanely, like, good. Then, much to my surprise, they play Good Times, Bad Times. Yeah. And you realize, like... Wailing on that fucking guitar, playing those riffs that Led Zeppelin stole from some old blues guys. <laughs> yeah. It was amazing. That was really cool. Billy Joel was really in form. Yeah, I thought Billy Joel was like... We we both thought the same thing. At one point, someone brings him a, a, a mug. I'm like, that so has whiskey like, in it. It's like whiskey. Whiskey. I thought he was charming and he was funny and he yeah. was genuine. I, I liked it. For as impersonal as that show could be because there's how many thousands yeah 20,000 plus people there I thought it was uh, a good show he was funny when he's like yeah we don't have anything we're just gonna play the same old shit yeah I guess you like the old shit and everyone cheered um, Captain Jazz or he played Jack, Captain Jack which Jack he doesn't Jim. play really anywhere apparently he doesn't he rarely plays it anymore well you know as I said so Captain Jack to give you getting our Billy Joel time machine um, 1972, he, WMMR is sort of the, was the first station to really boost Billy, 
and get him sort of in the national spotlight. And it was with Captain Jack. So that's the song that sort of propelled him. So I guess it would be pretty shitty if he didn't play it in Philly. Yeah. Even though he says the M word. Masturbate. Mm. <laughs> um, I would see him again. I thought it was super mm-hmm. fun. I don't think... I think if we even sat on the field, would you feel like... I think it almost been a waste of money. You wouldn't be able to see anything still. I don't know. Like, I don't think we you missed out on anything not sitting on the field. Yeah, I don't either. You probably get you get to watch both screens instead of one. Yeah, that's true. Well, I told you. Like, I thought it was going to be on the big Phillies mega screen, mm-hmm. which one would think mm-hmm. it would be. And that's why I'm like, oh, perfect right. spot where we sat. But they didn't use it. Three things that drove me crazy. Okay. One, Billy Joel had a fly swatter. I think it was like it a... It was a fly swatter. It wasn't a fly. It was a mask. A, it was like a charade no, mask. No, well, like a Mardi Gras mask. No, a crazy old man with a fly swatter. And he's like, I'm crazy. Swatting these flies. Woo-hoo-hoo. Give me some more booze and bleach. <laughs> Number one. No, Number and he two. drank a floor cleaner. Floor wax. Oh. Actually, I did say he said he drank floor wax because it smelled better than bleach. Did he? Yeah. For it's real? Fucking metal. Yeah. Metal. So going back to that, um, Billy Joel tried to kill himself drinking floor cleaner. That's when I was like, love, <laughs> in love with him. Because um, that's like hardcore, you hate yourself, like you're drinking floor cleaner. Number two. <coughs> so one of the songs, I don't even remember which song it was like a homage to the troops song. Yes. Um, I forget what it was. Saigon, something with Saigon maybe. Yeah. Yeah. It was either, I think, I guess it must have been planned. Or it was a weird coincidence. I'm sure right it's Memorial Day, though. No, that's not what I, I did. That's exactly why they did it. I don't yes. question that. Some plane flew over the stadium. Mm. And it was, it had very odd lights, so I think it was like. I don't know what it was for. It was, and yeah, we thought for a second we were going to get bombed. <laughs> that the ISIS, who was the opening act, by the way, <laughs> yes. um, was ISIS recruiters. There was no opening act. Yeah, ISIS. That was a little weird just because it didn't quite, couldn't quite figure out what it was. So if it was. Purposely a tribute to the troops. It was a it little too It was, yeah, I, it was awesome. Number three. Okay. Third and foremost. So Billy Joel is, of course, the piano man. Yes. And he plays at a piano. And there's like a weird, like the stage rotates. The piano rotates. Oh, yes, yes. So at various points, he's either facing you or he's a, he, his back is towards you. Yes. I didn't pick up on this right away. I didn't either. So first I thought I was going fucking bonkers. Um, because it's like, no, I think he was there. No, I think he was there. That's weird. Is it a two-sided piano? Then I became obsessed with watching the piano to see it turn, which I did not see turn until Scenes from an Italian Restaurant, which is like the second to last song he plays in the regular set. Um, it took me for a while to realize that it was rotating. I think with Led Zeppelin, when they were doing the Led Zeppelin covers, I noticed because I'm like, wait, he's not, he wasn't facing that I way I think that's before. what I noticed, but I like to actually watch it rotate. Like, it drove me nuts. But it was um, very cool. It was very good. I would definitely see him very again. Very cool. And traffic was not bad at all, really. Yeah. Just kind of amazing. Yes. Um, and he said King of Prussia. He gave shout-outs to different um, towns in the suburbs. And because he knew Jamie Zimmerman was sitting there, yeah, he was no. like, King of Prussia! And then he was like, Westchester! And then when he said Plymouth Meeting. I, do, I, I, I was waiting for Crunch of Hawkins. Yeah, he didn't. Because he was like, I don't like that loose ass My dad was like, I met Billy Joel. Which my dad did meet Billy oh, Joel yeah. in Australia. Oh. He said he was drinking at a bar. Oh, a big surprise. 
And he said, oh, he's nice. I was like, what's up, Billy? And he's like, what's up? He went to what's a floor like, cleaner. I was like, good story, Dad. I was going good to, story. for this podcast, I was going to listen to Attila. So Attila's his first band, and it's like a heavy metal psych two-piece. Really? Yeah. I think I'm going to have to listen to it and do it on the next podcast. Um, it's interesting. Never listen to it. And not a good type of interest. Well, I think he has, he always has, you're talking about Billy Joel? Yeah. He like kind of flirts, like if you real like listen to some of his lyrics, he mentions punk a lot and metal. Like you can tell he wants to, like he's just really into music of all sorts. So yeah, he had, um, he had Attila, then he had another band, like. Is he sing or is he the just. The Predicament or something like that. I don't know. The Rascal Flats or I don't know. But before he became Billy Joel. Um, well, he goes through like so many phases. Well, he did. It was like gospel yeah. and then it was like doo-wop mm-hmm. and then new wave. Like Pressure is such a yeah. different song. And uh, The light show for Pressure was really cool. Pressure was awesome. Such so, a good song. So, Billy Joel. Yeah, we had a lot of fun. I did see a picture of Billy Joel's daughter. Apparently he sings with her. Yeah, she's a singer. How's she look? Woof. Oh, that's not nice. What? I was just saying, well, maybe I'm making a uh, cute little dog. You know when they do those things where it's like, what you look like as a woman? There you go, Billy Joel. What he looks like as a woman. Like, literally, like if it's Snapchat. Billy Joel without a beard but wearing a wig. Uh, huh, well. And, you know, they, those Christy Brinkley jeans were clearly not... Oh, dominant. is that his, him yeah, and with, Christy's yeah. daughter? Hmm. I've never seen a picture. I'd have to look. Yeah, you did if you ever saw a picture of Billy Joel at 70. Just well, imagine him without I would, a beard. I'd be totally with him. With her, I, uh, or into her, I guess. Yeah. Although I'm not really into Billy Joel now. He looks... Um, Mark was saying someone took a picture. One of his friends was there yeah. and was sitting in the um, the field and took a picture. And he said it looked like when Darth Vader takes off his mask <laughs> yeah. from Return of the Jedi. That it, it's, uh, He looks like a potato. He kind of does. Um, a drunk potato. And we like An the, Irish potato. Oh, it, it's this, Irish potato. Does he remember the tribe? I don't know. Of is Israel? He? You he, said that. He is Jewish, yeah. yeah, but he said he doesn't practice. That's what he said. Which means he's not Irish. That's what was obvious. Well, maybe he's an Irish. Maybe he's part Jewish and Irish. Not allowed to be. Yeah. Trust me, bring it up to any Irish person. You know there are Jewish Irish people? I'm sure they're. Like, there are. Oh, there's fight the words. So, yeah, Billy Joel. Should we get to some music? Or? Wait, hold on one second. I had one more Billy Joel. Thing. And then we can talk about Game of Thrones, too. Let me think. Billy Joel, Potato. Um. Oh, well. And he ended with um, You May Be Right, which is my favorite song. So he went on 30 minutes late because he he was taking his shit (laughs) and possibly had to get new pants. I think he was probably pre-gaming. He was all like, yeah, Yeah. I gotta do these fucking songs again. pre-gaming with his toilet paper. He's like, bottle of red. (laughs) You think Bottle of what? So you mix him, it does look like rosé. Bottle of whiskey. (laughs) (laughs) I, he's sober. He went to, uh, I said Benihana. Betty, I almost said Betty, Betty White. Ford is what I he went to Betty White. Went to the Betty Hanna Clinic. Mm. All right, so let's go. So let's talk about some music. Yeah. Give it, give it five minutes. And Turkey it toes. Oh, oh, I'll oh Lou farted a lot too. He farted, and I had to leave. I was ripping a few. Oh, so after, let me talk about this real quick before we get to music. Okay. I find as I get older, I don't do particularly well with limited amounts of sleep. A lot of this because I sleep with a CPAP. A little robot that helps me breathe at night. I think people know what a CPAP is. Every guy who's, or person, I know who sort of died. I know, you're so sexist tonight. In 40s. Will you let me finish? Person, because I just thought of a, I have a woman friend who probably died of it. Okay. Um, Shar Shar. 
No, just kidding. That's, That's awful. She's my mom. She's not my friend. She's not dead. Or dead. Yeah. Ooh, thank you for my. She's not dead. Poor She's going to be like 63 or something in a couple weeks. She had a birthday coming up at some point. So, oh but basically my point is, so the CPAP, a lot of times, like say anywhere from 40 to 50, if they cock out in their sleep in the middle of the night, like they die, probably because they should have been using a CPAP. I had like four hours of sleep with my CPAP, but it wasn't enough. I felt like fucking hell yesterday. What's this from being out? From like not getting a lot of sleep. You're old. CPAP to help, yeah. So I felt like shit and I skipped exercise in the morning, but to make up for it, I'm like, I'm going to do Mount Misery. Ah. Do you do Devil's Staircase? What's Devil's Staircase? That like real steep climb off of Valley Creek. Oh, I did do that, yeah. Yeah. I Um, run up that. Also? Not that far. So the problem is I I probably wasn't physically at my best and probably should not have been doing uh, Mount Misery because I damn near died doing it. And then I kind of went through the whole thing and I went through like, did like, around the chapel a bit. Mm-hmm. Then went back the other way and had to keep stopping every two minutes. I'm like, I'm going to die on this fucking mountain. I'm going to die on this fucking mountain. You know what I do, Lou? I start at the parking lot by the, the bridge, the cover yeah. bridge. Mm-hmm. I run up Mount Joy. Yeah. Cross 252, go down the Valley Creek Trail, yeah. go up Devil Staircase on Mount Misery, all the way up to even the Horseshoe Trail yeah. to the top. And then I go back down... By that like bottling, old bottling plant, that old, that we were talking about another time, it's like a abandoned kind of building. Yeah. And then I ra- ran Valley Creek, and I know no one cares, go across 252 again, go back up Mount Joy. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, well I wouldn't have it, I would not I have get a, a problem if Billy Joel hadn't cast his <laughs> witch magic on me. His witch magic. Valley. So anyway, music, we can talk about music now. Yep, yeah, what are you doing, Charlie Bliss? Charlie Bliss. Charlie Bliss, New York City. It is. You, re- you reviewed her, what, a year ago? Her last album? I think it was last year. So yeah. this is uh, Charlie Bliss, formerly Charlie Bliss and the Guppies, at least in my head. Not really, but they fucked up not calling themselves Charlie Bliss and the Guppies. Okay. Because their first album was a Guppy. This is Young Enough. And Charlie Bliss is Ava Hendricks. Yes. Her brother Sam on drums. I didn't know her uh, brother was in the band. I yeah, her brother. Dash from The Incredibles on lead guitar. Oh, okay. True story and some other person. I never watched The Incredibles. But the, voice, the lead guitarist of okay. Charlie Bliss is a voice in a Pixar movie. Yeah, I know. And I think he was a child you're actor. Lo- but you're looking at me like, you know, oh, like I'm going to be like. No, it wasn't. It was, I don't know. I've never watched Incredibles. No? No. And you have a kid? Yeah. He doesn't like to watch just, movies. Just, <laughs> He doesn't. It's because you told him some horrible thing about No, him. he just doesn't have the patience. Ah, I don't know. Oh, uh, watching Charlie Bliss videos? Yeah. I got targeted advertisement for Roblox for some reason. Really? Yeah. Weird. Play Roblox now. That's what's that? Charlie Bliss, young enough. That's weird. Four piece. And yeah, like your microphone. You know, he's like, that shit. They, they hear your microphone. Yeah. They totally do. It's like, it's fucking freaky. It's the future. It is, yeah. So I work in a very. Here's an example. I work... I don't discuss my profession. Planting tulips. Tulips. But I work in a very, like... like A field with a lot of very specific terminology that wouldn't come up in regular life and probably wouldn't be Googled. I've had conversations about certain things before. Something called Maldi Toff, for instance. Okay. This is a really super janky type of analytical instrument. They start getting targeted advertisements on Facebook and 
my email accounts for a moldy toff. Oddly enough, headbands, we get these junk headbands. With the it's, um, company's mm-hmm. name is Junk. Yeah. And they have like really, uh, they have a bunch of cats and like weird stuff. So mm-hmm. I got these cat headbands. So I go on my Facebook and I'm on Mark's account. Yeah. And all it is is junk headbands of the yeah. stuff I looked at with cats. Yeah, the very features weird. bullshit. All right, everyone. Lou from the future here. Um, what you are about to hear is probably the poorest quality review I've ever given. Not that I'm a, uh, not that I'm exactly Kurt Loader on these things, but it's one of the few times I've been so unhappy with my uh, review. I went in and did some post production. Um, if you listen to the background, even Great Kitty is appalled by the, the quality of this review. So here we go. Uh, Charlie Bliss. All right, so Charlie Bliss. So Charlie Bliss. <laughs> uh, four people. Yes. Eva, Sam, and the others, and the rest. And they are a power pop band from New York City. Oh. I want to say Brooklyn, but I'm not okay. sure. And this is their second album, Young Enough. And the first one was sort of more alt rock, guitar driven. Mm-hmm. This one is very. Glittery, for lack of a better word, is very, very 80s and more along the lines of psychedelic, psychedelic furs than, okay. than like new wave. Yeah. Um, but there is a lot of new wave in there. So it's a very interesting sound, especially a very interesting sound. It opens with uh, Blown to Bits, which is sort of this uh, eulogy for the banal in the wake of the apocalypse. Things like empty calories or walking home drunk. Has this uh, guitar fill that sort of foreshadows the finality of it all. I think it's more specifically about becoming an adult, uh, possibly with a touch of Trump angst. Um, that's a that's a predominant theme in this album is some pathos about growing older. In this case, growing older is turning twenty six, which is kind of disgusting. It's a weird song. Very I weird. wasn't expecting the middle to just pick up. Yeah, like, well, that's a lot of it. A lot of the songs are very yeah. odd timings and rhythms and such. Like I said, and that's sort of the thing is like the songs are all upbeat, but the lyrics are all pretty fucking depressing. Really, I didn't most of them like dive that far into it. And that's sort of where this album has its value is more in the lyrics. Than okay, anything. capacity it has this really sweet J poppy chorus and this really heavy synth bass line. It almost reminded me a little of a Sia song yeah, to definitely. a point. Uh, Under You, frantic pace and playful guitar riffs, sort of more traditional relative to what we heard from Charlie Bliss before. It's sort of about just really being into someone. It has this really playful guitar riff that's awesome. Camera, it's amusing about credit card fraud. Did her credit card company prevent a masterpiece or something worse in preventing this camera from being sold? And it turns into a regrettable breakup. I hate you and I need to be rid of you. That's another another theme seems to be breakups. So as far as I can tell, uh, Miss Charlie Bliss turned 26 and then broke up with her significant other. And these two things sort of informed this album. Young Enough, the title track, is very melodic and powerful and anthemic. It's sort of about young love and needing to grow out of that. I had to outgrow you to know or destroy you. Ooh. I was like... Fuck yeah, man, that's profound. But it's basically about being dumb, young, and in love. Yeah, that was a good, it was a good song. Like, and having to realize that you can't, 
Like it's unsustainable and you do have to sort of be real. I like Bleach. Bleach is very good. Very bouncy, very new wave. Yeah. I don't know about I need to dump you, but I can't or I should. The chat room was like one that was when I went on the band uh, camp that a lot of people said that so was their favorite song. And I, I was okay. Chat room is it's very it reminds me of like something that you would play on a Disney channel like made for TV movie where they're No, I totally clubhouse. get it. Yeah, yes. I, I mean get it's that. very it's the same thing. It's very da 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 da. But it seems to be about a celebrity stalker. Yeah. And, um, the video, it's one of the ones that has a video. I'll check um, it out. I didn't see it. It's all about, they're in a cult. <laughs> and it's sort of like um, Marcy Marley and May of Marlene, where all the brides say. are the main character. And, and like, it's sort of because Ava's like sad because she's not getting selected to be a bride of like the, the cult leader who rapes them. I, yeah, you know. Because you're as pretty as a picture. Such a good movie. I haven't seen it since the theater. I think I've watched it at least once. Anyway, Marcy Marley and Mamer Lane, one to watch. Uh, Hurt Me, but Hurting People, I don't know. Um, the Truth is very good. It has this very toy piano. It's like, dee doo dee doo dee. And yeah, I don't remember anything else about it. And I also don't remember the other song I like. That's really you, good. Do you, I have it up. Yeah. If you want to look at the song lesson. Uh, I didn't write any notes. Yeah. That's why I put that up because I'm like, okay, Bleach is the one I like. Uh, um, hard to Believe. I didn't get that life. far. I didn't listen to the uh, last like, Hard to Believe is pretty good. Hard to Believe is my favorite song on the album. It's sort of the thesis statement of the album where uh, guitar rock meets new wave. And it seems to be about, big surprise, getting dumped by someone you really love and possibly throwing them one last thought. We end with The Truth, another great song that is very keyboardy and I hate to say new wave, new wave. And this is about that other topic that is so prominent in this album, which is getting older. Specifically, it seems to be about young love, possibly turning to older love, and not knowing how to handle it. So it's probably not the best review, other than say again, it's like really, really fun music. Very poppy and light, almost like eating, like stuffing your face with candy. Cool. But then these these borderline, I fucking hate everything. I don't know what I'm supposed to be. So it's poppy um, yet depressing. Yeah, like Capacity, for instance, which is very J-poppy, mm-hmm. is basically being like, I can barely take care of myself, yet alone you, so I need to cut you loose. Okay. Yeah, right there, you're going to Yeah, I got the hiccups. That is Charlie Bliss. And that came um, out May, right? Came out May 10th. Cool. I probably would have, um, I sort of got hung up on my other song, my other album, or I would have gave this one more time, which sort of happened with the first Charlie Bliss. I might revisit this one in a couple I weeks. liked it. I just wasn't in the mood for it. It is very much like wanting like, like uh, a sugary snack and then not. But it's good. It's like poppy okay. electro. Uh, yeah. yeah. Um, if you like keyboards, yes. very fake, you, you'll like this. I don't always like keyboards. All right. I got to get a drink of water. Continue. Wild Side. Who the hell are Wild Side? Three. <laughs> Triple B Records came out in March. They're from Niagara Falls. Um, Ooh, that's where my girlfriend's from. That's where Lou's girlfriend's from. He doesn't have a girlfriend. It's his cat. They have toured with the uh, with Power Trip. What's and- that, honey? You want to have some hot <laughs> sex later? Because I'm a man. Okay, I'll go. I gotta do a podcast. I'm sorry, Dan. I was just talking to my girlfriend. So I was saying that Wildside has toured with Power Trip, and guess who else? Charlie Bliss? ICP. Uh, all right, I just don't... I, I changed my <laughs> mind about this band entirely. <laughs> they, I guess they opened for them. 
the best way I can describe them is kind of mid-90s, New York hardcore, punk. They compare them a lot to Warzone. I think it's like fun, catchy, kind of hardcore street punk when it comes down to it. This isn't going to be the best review because most of their songs kind of have that same style that doesn't really um, change from song to song. Yeah. Um, so I'm just going to say, the one one thing I did notice, I don't know if you did it, the guy's voice, I forget his name, I did not write it down. Reminds me a little of Mike Muir for Suicidal Tendencies a little bit. Supercharged, I thought was a really fun song. All you could pretty much put is like fun punk hardcore. Street Action is probably my favorite I song on the album. Really chorus. cool, yeah. A very Warzone, um, catchy fun hardcore punk. And All Bat, oh sorry, All Bite, All Bark No Bite was uh, another song I thoroughly enjoyed. I think they're like almost like a fun kind of party hardcore band. As yeah. like, it, can, it almost reminds me of early Angel Dust, slightly. Mm. But if you like Warzone, if you like Sick of It All, I find it to be good summer, like, driving music. I also like, I guess for that all bark, no bite, I made a note late in my notes saying that I like the, the bass line, so I'll just put that out yeah. there. But altogether, I, I thought this was really fun. It's something I would just put on and just chill out. I actually was boxing to it, so it's yeah. a good, good workout. It's good stuff. As I said, it's been out for a couple months, but it's worth a listen if you like something fun and you like kind of that, that New York hard, hardcore... Um, Sound? Sound. I'm like really bad tonight. (laughs) Then give Wild Side a chance, man. Mm. But it's really good. I enjoyed it. That's my really shitty review of Wild Side. Do you want me to go again or do you want to... Are you doing three? Uh, I am doing three. So, yeah, go go again. Do you want me to do my little one, my real short one? Yeah, do your short one, then I will. In the mail, I got in the mail on hmm, Thursday or Friday. A split Wound Man, which I've re- I think I've reviewed before. Yeah, you Wound did, Man's actually. and Regional Justice uh, System, and it's off Atomic Action Records, and it is power violence. And it was out May 2019. For Wound Man, pound for pound, fastest shit, cool guitar breakdown. I must have been drinking when I wrote oh, this. Um, really cool song, probably their best song on that side of the seven inch. There's also Chain, Blur of Guitar and Drums, almost like a punch to the face of sound if you ever listen to Grindcore Power Violence. Mm-hmm. You know what to expect. Also, Pound for Pound, it remind me of like a hardcore punk doom. It has like a lot of, just a doom feel to it. Yeah. Um, Regional Justice System, or Center, sorry. Aspirations, Fast as Fuck Breakdown, and Feb- and Amphetamines, another song, their second song on there. I think there's four, actually. Very Fast Grindcore. If you like Code 13 and those like... Um, Havoc Records, uh, some of their bands, kind of reminiscent of that. But yeah, I, I just want to mention it because I just got it. There's not like a ton to say about when you hear power violence, you kind of know what to expect. But it, I thought it was a really good release. And if you're into that type of stuff, yeah, definitely check it out. Woodman Regional Justices. I think I check something real quick. You have to poo? No, I don't, actually. I don't know what he's doing. I do not have to poo. I think he's got to poo. I think he's... So... Oh, here you go. King Gizzard. So next up, King Gizzard and the Wizard Lizard, uh, henceforth called King Giz for the simplicity's sake. Yes. Um, the album came on the the slow boat from China, so to speak. Yeah. From Australia, Billy Joel actually brought it, and um, when he sobered up, okay. he delivered it to me. What are you going to show me? I'm not showing you anything. Okay. I just he has the vinyl it. record in his hand. I just need... I need to refer to it. Uh, Fishing for Fishies by King Giz. The Splitless Records. This is the 
Guess which album? Uh, 107th. Yes! No, the 15th album. I'm close. And they're working on another one even as we speak. They put out like one a year, right? More or less? Last year, they, or is it 2017, they put out five albums. It's crazy. I don't think they put out anything last year. They did a lot of reissues. Oh, okay. Um, if I remember. And they're back this year. It's actually the third time I believe I've uh, reviewed them. Yes. It's a decent album, but I think it's more interesting for its structure than anything else. Okay. And I shall elaborate. Elaborate for us, Louis Sessa. So the opening track is Fishing for Fishies, and it's very whimsical and bouncy, and it's all about how you shouldn't fish because it's mean to the fishies. Okay. And um, You vegan man. It's worth mentioning, this whole album is basically about the environment. Okay, cool. Um, But I also think there's a little story here. Okay. There is... Sort of a metafiction to all the King Gizzard albums that my brother tried to explain to me at one point. It might be my the thing I visit in my New Year's resolution. Cool. Where I wanted to find out some fan fiction. Show. Yeah, yeah. I don't quite know what it is, other than at some point, I think in Murder of the Universe, everybody is dead. Okay. Except, if we're going by my interpretation of Fishy for Fishies, the... The creature fishing in the beginning of Fishing for Fishies is a robot. So I think it's a robot programmed to fish, which is very near and dear to my heart because Logan's Run is one of my favorite movies. Okay. And there, I thought you were going to say fishing was like you were full of shit. Yeah, fishing. I was fishing. Yeah, fishing for. I was like Cheetos. I don't know. Yeah, writing old people saying I'm a Nigerian prince. Yes. Yeah. Now, um, so I think he's sort of sad. It's the world has ended. And he's sort of a robot left over, and he's fishing, and he's kind of regretful that he's fishing. He just wants the boogie. Okay. The rest of side one is, for all intents and purposes, an Allman Brothers album. Okay. It's very, like, like bluesy southern yeah. rock, and Boogeyman Sam, who is the robot, I'm guessing, and a bird song. I like Boogeyman Sam. That was a cool song. Yeah. Um, after Boogeyman Sam, though, I kind of lose interest. Boogeyman Sam is cool because it's a kind of very slick. Uh, yeah. Do 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 do. Like the bass line is really cool for that. Yeah. So boogieing the environment and boogie bo- boogieing down boogieing down are recurring themes because there's also plastic boogie. It's how bad plastic is. Um, Too many line. boogies. <laughs> there's a line in plastic boogie. Fuck all those plastic particles in the ocean. Is it a plastic boogie because he's a robot? Possibly, yeah. A bird song is sort of like, what the what does a bird think a plane is? What the fuck does the animals give about our human shit? Okay. Eh, not my favorite thing to be on side one, other than those two songs, especially the first song. I kind of lose interest in side two. It changes. changes. So we get real's not real. First song on side two, which sort of is very Brit poppy. Mm-hmm. But then kind of changes in that there's there's sort of an element of uncertainty in it. Okay. So if we're we're going with the the idea that this is a story about a robot after the apocalypse, maybe the robot's not really really realizing it sees that everything's bad. Everything's like sort of just shitty. Okay. That song ends with this like weird piano arpeggio, which sort of leads into the rest of the albums of the song, which are much more space rocky. The thing. The thing is when you, there's a lot of like the it's like it's it's back to southern rocky but the course is very different. Okay. And it's sort of questioning reality. And there's a line 
something about the thing being metal and waterlogged, like our little robot friend. Huh. Fishing, maybe? Esserine is the one I was looking for. Okay. Eckerine. About the death of the bees. Oh, and interesting. like, the bees drink the tree's blood, they and do. But the bees are dying, and... It's a, that's very space rocky, and it turns into this weird instrumental. It's very trippy, and that slides into Side Boogie. Side Boogie. Which is ultimately about the robot from the first song, only he's... He's woke? He's not, no, he's sad because he uh, realized he's sort of imprisoned by his own programming. He's woke? No, he's not woke. Destroying the world, and there's a line about... Like, because they do reprise the line, fishing for fishies. Something like, snared through the cheek with a binary hook. It's a robot who just wants to live in nature and love nature, but he's forced to kill because of his programming. programming. Now, towards the end of that song, there's a whole bunch of spoken words backwards that are indecipherable. Unless you have the liner notes. What is it? Ahem. Please. Yes. I almost say this is all backwards and it's sung backwards along with Side Boogie. Okay. Sung backwards. Yes. Homo sapiens existed for 2,000 years. Yes. Their apex was dance. Yes. They funka fricka dancing. That's what it says. Now the stars. Watch the silhouettes. Yes, go forth. Yes. Dance with the devil. Ooh. So that's it. It tells a nice little story, I guess. The problem is that first side I get sick of so quick that it's just not that interesting. See, that's what was my problem. I listened to the first couple songs. I'm like, oh, okay. As I said, I like the um, the other Boogie song, the second uh, Sam, Boogeyman Boogie Sam. Boogeyman Sam, I like it. And then I was kind of like, this is kind of all starting to sound the sound same to me. Not that it was bad. Mm-hmm. I just was, I kind of wasn't in the mood for it. Yeah. But it, uh, it makes a little more sense what you said because I kind of mm-hmm. got to like song five and then I was just kind of listening to like a minute problem, or two. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Boogeyman Sam did really have this like somewhere between Allman Brothers and Sly and the Family Stone. You could just see uh, like yeah, that's a good some comparison. slick dance moves. Pitchfork yes. shockingly gave this a poor review. They gave it 4.8 really? out of 10 stars. Huh. Which of course Pitchfork hates... Almost everything, it seems like. Eh, they tend to be consistently low. Remember they did? Yeah, like Jack yeah they tend to yeah. be low. I don't... They don't I like just, different. Yeah, they don't like it. different. So I don't... I don't. I wouldn't go that far, but it's not my favorite King Giz album. That's cool. Um, it is what it is. I don't know how long I'll listen to side one in the future. That is apparently all about dance. <laughs> yep. Boogie, boogie, boogie. Anyway, Jamie, tell us about the songs in the one. Defeater, self titled. When you come out with a fifth album and it's self titled, Mm -hmm. you mean business. Shit's getting real. Um, Yeah, their fifth album out on Epitaph came out in May this year. Defeater is from Boston and they were formed in 2004. I guess their last album was 2008. Oh, wow. Family, yeah. Mm -hmm. They had it. Oh, no, um, I should have. Abandoned, I did, uh, if I could talk, I'm like an idiot tonight. One of them did come out because I reviewed it. I All did right. a 7-inch that I wasn't a, really in love with. I, they just kind of changed their sound. They did have Abandoned, which came out in the last few years. So that is my mistake. But this is the first album. They, they um, One of their band members, founding members, Jay Maz, 
who also produces the records, and the guitarist did not was not on this record, and they went with Ye- Will Yip, who is out of actually Philadelphia, and they recorded this in country. Mm-hmm. The feeder is the Boston Metallic Hardcore, but this album I thought was different. It's harder, it's gloomier, there's just something about it. It's more or less songs about the horrors during and after the war. It does follow some of the same characters from other albums, which I thought was really awesome. It starts off with Worst of Fates, and it is, this is when I was like, ooh, a darker, harder, gloomier defeater. I, I really enjoyed it, and it's about just being fucked up from the war and just seeing all the horrors. Um, I really liked Atheists and Foxholes. This is fast, harder, there's a lot of doom, and with a lot of melodic guitars. Um, Pat Flynn from the band Half Heart is a guest vocalist on the breakdowns, and it's more or less like having PS with post-traumatic stress syndrome or whatever. Whatever, that sounds awful. Yes. yes. Song after that, Mother's Son, and it's about mourning lost soldiers. Um, it's a very Defeater-esque, because when you're like this, I can tell this is yeah. Defeater. Um, it has a really cool bass line in the middle. Desperate, more or less a song drinking the war away, drinking the pain away. All Roads, more drinking, but it's pretty much after the drinking and just trying to find your place, being lost, seeing what the mm-hmm. fuck you're going to do with your life, with all this pain and misery. Stale Smoke, really good song, really cool guitar riffs, and it almost reminds me of a Modern Life is War song. More drinking is involved. They're, they're really into the drinking, I guess yeah. that's what that's did, gotta, because they, yeah. there was nothing to do. As a side note, they do follow a family from New Jersey. I think it's like based off of... Um, the lead singer, Derek's, kind of based off his letters he found from his grandfather or something to his grandmother, and then he kind of made up some stuff. It's uh, an yeah. ongoing kind of um, project that he's been doing about people, this family that went into war for World War II or whatever. Okay. And then, debtor, series, sorry, dealer slash debtor, and that's where it kind of changes the tone of the record. The story gets very interesting. The song, Fast Driving Guitars, Drums, really fast driving and then get too melodic and it's about the main character cheating at cards getting caught and about to get killed i don't know if you very interesting so it leads up to he kind of gets away they just let him lets him go he like holds a gun to him was like just get out of here piece of shit the the card uh yeah guy no guilt is the guy the main character runs to a bridge and is contemplating killing himself and he sees a priest. All right. And he's like, okay. And this priest was the main character in the last album, Abandonment. Oh. So that was kind of interesting. That's what I gather. So Hourglass kind of talks about the priest again and his story. And the last song, No Man Born Evil, has guest uh, vocals by Jeff Eaton from Modern Life is War. Mm. And apparently, I have to like read this again, go through the whole record yeah. again, but the priest kills the dude, kills oh, the wow. main character, just like stabs him or something. And was like, we're, mm-hmm. like that was him saving him is more just killing him, letting him go from yeah. the pain. Once I hear, heard that dealer debtor, I was like, just really perked my ears up. I'm like, wow, this is really going back to all these different yeah. characters in previous albums and even to that priest. Uh, it's, I, I thought it was really good. It's defeater... To a T, like, it's hard to explain. They're just, uh, it just sounds almost better. It's fuller. It's darker. 
it, it made me more uh, like kind of pissed that I, I end up skipping out. They had a record release show in Philly, yeah. and I didn't go to it because I'm like, ah, like I've seen mm-hmm. them twice already. And I'm like, damn, I kind of wish I would have heard what they sound yeah. like without uh, Jay Moss. But I, I thoroughly enjoyed it, and it made me want to go and listen to all the other records just to see the storylines going on. It's like, yeah, as I said, it's a, a story in progress all the time. Mm-hmm. And uh, I thought it was excellent. And that's about it. That is my yeah. review of Defeater. I really love The first time I listened to it, I was just like, wow, at the end. It was really good. Yeah. Very heavy. If you're if you get, if you're really bored, just read the lyrics. Can you be like, oh, I did. Holy and shit. Did, they just pop up on... Yeah, on Bandcamp. That's yeah. what I end up doing. Yeah. But I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. So mm-hmm. definitely give Defeater a spin. Yeah. It's good shit. Did that album have any dragons in it? It did not like Game of Thrones. Oh. So I know you don't watch it. I, I At this point, like you couldn't avoid anything because everyone was so opinionated one way or the other. So what, what, you, have you read all the books? Yeah. Where does it leave off to where the, like in the series, where would it be? So at? the last thing you see in the last book is Jon Snow getting stabbed to death. Oh, wow, so it's been a long time. It's Yeah, I mean, there's a lot, like... So, like, the last two seasons definitely are new material. They might have, if I remember, the one before that, they started to kind of fill in. In the books, you don't know who exactly who Cold Hands is. Okay. So, Uncle Benjen. Okay, yeah, yeah. So, I think you can guess who it is, but he doesn't, like, actually... There's a lot of weirds in the books, but anyway... With Uncle Benjen, they never really, like, explain him. Nah. At least in the show. They don't really explain him in the books either. Okay. Other than... I was not things? happy with the season. Um, I thought the first two episodes were decent. Daenerys is one of my fav- favorite characters, which is fine. I, I understand it's a, a show and I'm not losing sleep over mm-hmm. it. I just thought you have your main villainous villain, yeah. which is Cersei for the most part, which does not do a damn thing this season other than drink wine, pretend to have a baby, and like just... Yeah. Look out a window mm-hmm. where you're waiting for this like time where Arya or someone in the Stark family gets revenge. Yeah. And it never happens. Like she just dies crumbled in Jamie's arms more or less. Which if she would have moved 20 feet to the left, she wouldn't have been yeah. crushed. No one likes the ending of any series. And I think they did the best they could with it. I just felt it was rushed to make to turn Daenerys as quickly as they did. Like, everyone's like, she's the one! Like, Tyrion, uh, everyone was just like, we love Daenerys, and she's gonna save us all, mm-hmm. and she's gonna break the wheel. And within a matter of, like, two episodes, she's bad. And she's not even that bad. Like, she mm-hmm. ends up killing a bunch of innocent people, but kind of, who hasn't? It comes down to it, everyone in that show was an asshole. And, and there's just some little gripes I have with some stuff, but altogether all it was okay. I just... I kind of wish they would have done I don't know how I would have ended it. I would have rather had Daenerys die during battle or something. So, here are my thoughts. Oh, by the way, I might have said this on the last podcast. I might have just said it in personal life. So, I predicted Daenerys would be evil. And a lot of people are like, no, you're a dummy, dumb, dumb, dumb. It's not going to happen. I was right about it. She wasn't that evil. It was like a forced turn. But, like, I get what they were doing. It just, they didn't have enough episodes. If they would have put an episode more... Of her so, doing weird shit. But. So I think the real problem is they needed another season. Yes. And what they needed to do was... All right, let me back up. Let me go into the books a little bit. So and this isn't really a spoiler. It sort of tells you structure of the books. So the way the books are written, 
essentially the White Walkers are the real menace. Yeah. And it's the thing that everyone is kind of ignoring out of inconvenience while basically the Civil War in Westeros is going on. Yeah. And everything is clearly building to this this incident, like basically where the, the Walkers invade. My prediction... For people who read the books and the, the movies is... Uh, what's his name? Urion, the youngest uh, Grey, Greyjoy oh, okay. brother, will, is going to blow the horde of Jormungand and that'll destroy the wall, which allows the White Walkers to come through during the long night. Okay. So basically, the way it's sort of structured is it's it's an impending event that's going to be like probably a whole book's worth. Which, that's the other thing. Like the White Walkers, you're expecting this crazy... Which was a whole episode, but it was very mm-hmm. un, over, underwhelming to me. Yeah. Like it's a big mm-hmm. build-up and it kind of is like, eh. So ultimately what you need is... You needed a season just to deal with the White Walkers storyline to make that into something. I agree. And a season to... We'll Who's going to grab deal the Deal with throne. the Game of Thrones. Now, I would argue, correctly I would say, because I think... I, They've been sort of hinting that Daenerys is not a good person. I mean, she's done stuff in the past they have shown. Like, she kind of, like, crucified people and put their heads so, on So, yeah, basically, Daenerys is engaging in increasing levels of moral compromise to seize power. I don't think you need to make her all crazy. I think it was sort of... Or she was heading that way and sort of the idea that... Oh, well, she Someone was, always talked her down. Or, I was when she was killing slavers and stuff, we didn't care. Yeah. But when you have that mentality, you're not necessarily going to stop. Yeah. HBO would have let them make fucking shows forever if they yeah, wanted Yeah, that's to. what's weird. Unless and they just all wanted out. And they're like, they might have all wanted out. They might have been ready to do other things. Yeah. Yeah, but the amount of bitching I've seen. Well, people are like, oh, well, we're going to sign this petition to oh, get it. Yeah. Like, come on. Like, just uh-huh. get over it. They already spent the money. They already got the money. Yeah. I think a lot of it was just people had invested in an idea of Daenerys. Yeah. And it did not pay off. It's sort of like you, you compared it to Lost. Yeah. The problem with Lost ultimately is that the story people were interested in was the history of the island. And Carlton Cuse and uh, the other dude who does yeah, a whole bunch of shit, can't remember his name. They're like, well, we don't want to tell that story. This is the story we tell. And people stop caring about that story. Well, my brother brought up a good point. We were talking about Lost. And the first couple episodes, you're like, they're all dead. It's a color blue. And they're like, no, no, it's not the color blue. Yeah. The writers. So it's, oh no, it's yellow, it's red, and in the last season, it's the color blue. Like, it was yeah. just a bunch of, and I thought Lost was, a, on the whole, a very good series, yeah. apart from a couple seasons. But That's how I feel about Game of Thrones. Yeah. I don't love the ending. I, I think part of me annoys that Bran is like, hey, I'm, I'm Bran's a king. Hey. <laughs> if his name was something else, would you care? Well, there's another thing with Bran. If Bran, I like how he's like, Where's my uh, whisperer, count of whispers? Like, you fucking know everything, asshole. Like, you see everything. And not that I would say this happened at all, but can, you know how he can go into people's brains more how or less and control them? them? Yeah. Could he have done that with Daenerys and played the Game of Thrones? I don't know. I doubt it, but there's always that thought, too. I don't think he can stay in other people for long. This is, yeah. Because he sort of did it with Hodor. Yeah. Hodor was... Uh, yeah, Hodor died for nothing. Special... And then, yeah, there's just a lot of stuff they didn't answer. Like, there's a lot of stuff that just didn't yeah, pay off. Yeah, but uh, altogether, I, I I did like the series, but eh, last season, not so much. They kind of rushed it. It is what it is. And also, you know, people, they stay at the party too long, so to speak, and they just yeah. get tired. And you gotta wonder if everyone was just... That's, uh, that's what it seems the most to me, that everyone's like, let's just like get this done. Like, ruling seasons or whatever, so yeah. I didn't like it when Daenerys and Jon Snow got together. I was like, this is dumb. Yeah, because... That's not gonna end well. Mm-hmm. Like, but... 
And then Lysanza's... There are, so one thing that... I, and I think I told you this at Billy Joel. Daenerys is like, well, they don't have a choice. And yeah. everyone's like, oh, he's got a killer. She's a fucking tyrant. And one of the last scenes, all like the assholes of Westeros and fucking all the dumb kingdoms yeah. are sitting around. And Sam's like, how about we have a democracy? And everyone just laughs at him. Yeah. So they're no fucking better than what they killed is what it comes down mm-hmm. to. But I don't know. That's just me. Yeah. I was like, fucking assholes, they're all the same. Bro, check your look look, look where it started. There's a fucking Lannister and Starks. Uh, things are going to be perfect. And then Sansa's like, I want to be free. And you're like, really? Why wouldn't they all be fucking free? And they're like, that's cool. Yeah, because all Starks, they cut each other a break. Yeah, they're assholes. You, need, uh, you better get your blood pressure taken. I'm because fine. Of, because of all that salt. Yeah. That's it. Game of Thrones can't hurt you anymore, listening world. Yeah. It's funny that so I rewatched The Matrix. Mm-hmm. trilogy and I'll just say like you get to a very lost slash Game of Thrones situation with the second two movies as to what they are about and what people wanted them to be about it's a little different so so really quick Matrix we've all seen the Matrix love the Matrix the second two movies not so good third one's pretty fucking rough I never saw this two or three second one is, has some okay parts but it's rough question what is the most erotic scene in movies answer whatever the opposite is of the rape orgy in Matrix 2. I didn't see Rave that. orgy, fuck. <laughs> yeah, anyway, that's a little different. So basically, here's the here's the thing. And it's sort of a fan theory, but it's interesting because it's probably true. Okay. The second two movies do not work unless, one, even when they're in Zion, they're still in a form of the Matrix. Okay. And two, Neo is not a person. He's a program. Hmm. He's a construct of the Matrix, which is how he has superpowers. Especially the second movie, watching it, it is so close to... Literally, it's the only way those movies make sense. And you got to wonder if the Wachowskis... Oh, it's not Lane. This is a good thing. The Netflix description, they are now Lana and Lily Wachowski, so they've corrected them. Even though in the credits, it's still their... Man. Their dead names, as uh-huh. they say. you got to wonder if they got a... They didn't have any power at that point, really. Yeah. If they got a note from the studio saying, no, this is dumb, make it something else. Because literally, like, without... They clearly set it up so much. Like this old fuck gives a speech about levels of control. Huh. And at some point, Neo's using his superpowers in the real world. And But really, Matrix, it, it's something that did not live up to... It disappointed people. It did not live up to fan expectations. And probably the movie, the, the creators lost their way. So yeah. it's sort of apropos. Yeah, I can see that. We're about the hour now. Mark. Yeah. So That's next awesome. time... Next time. Previously. I'll be reviewing a movie. Cool. What movie? You're not going to like it. What? You're not going to like it. What? Across the universe. Oh. It's music. It's movie. It's on Netflix. Netflix claims it is a critically acclaimed movie, which I call bullshit on. Oh, it's awful. But I'm going to watch it. Maybe I'll join you. And you can join us too. On Trash South Street. Um, on Facebook. So Facebook and play with their firecrackers or don't. Yeah. And we'll be back in a couple weeks. Later, dude. Bye. See ya. See ya.